Hello and Happy New Year. This is the first podcast of 2023. And for those keeping track, this is episode number 30 overall. Uh, I'm excited to get back to it. Some of you may be wondering where I went to as the last episode uh, was way back beginning of November. Uh, when we posted that, life's just been busy with the holidays and whatnot. Um, I think I actually maybe did that last year too, if I really looked through. Um, so I think this might become a tradition. So if you are really anxious to new content in December, I um, wouldn't get too hopeful just given where things are currently at. Who knows? That could change by December. But just to let you know, that's sort of the plan I'm thinking of at least. Sort of go through November and then sort of take a break for December and whatnot. But anyways, I say all that just to say Happy New Year. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is Theology Happens. And I am Rob Schutz, and um, 2023, ready to hit the ground running. We're still in the first week of the brand new year. Um, nothing crazy has happened yet, knock on wood, who knows. Um, but I thought it would be applicable to start with just putting our heads on straight, Um getting sort of focused on what really matters um, as we move forward as Christian. I mean, really, honestly, we probably could use a message like this more often, but nevertheless, uh, the beginning of the year, I think, is a, an important time to sort of remember the, the fundamentals uh, and remember just some basic things, um, because I think New Year sort of provides two possible, um, or two main outlooks people have. Either you have people who are really excited, it's New Year's, uh, new chance to sort of revamp things, get rid of old habits, create new good habits, um, that kind of mentality. And then there's also the type of people who just sort of look at it begrudgingly going, oh, last year was awful. What's the probability or what's the likelihood that this year is going to be any better? Right? And more that pessimistic, um, what was me kind of doldrum um, <clears throat> kind of mentality. And I get it. Um, I've been there, both sides of that equation. Uh, but that's why I wanted to turn our attention to Matthew chapter 6. Um, for those more biblically literate, um, you're going to recognize Matthew um, chapter 6 is right in the middle of uh, Jesus's um, most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, that starts in chapter 5 and goes through 6. I believe seven. Let me double check that. Yeah, it goes yeah, through seven as well. Um, and so it's this uh, amazing, beautiful sermon where he um, talks about a myriad of different things. Um, but but this particular one, I wanted to pick up, well, I wanted to jump right to 25, but I feel like before we can jump to verse 25, we have to actually backtrack to 19, because I think that's where the natural transition is, plus... I can't start in a therefore because then I have to spend all the time explaining the therefore, so we might as well just explain the therefore before we get to the therefore in verse 25. So uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 <clears throat> says this. Uh, it says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Very famous passage, um, 9 through 21 there. Um, sort of just setting the stage for what we're about to talk about, that again, 
where's your mindset? Mindset on temporal, where um, time or natural disaster or criminal or crim, criminal criminal activity can um, destroy or ruin it, or do you have it stored in tr uh, in, in a heavenly or an eternal focus, where again it's going to be lasting forever? Okay, so then verse twenty-two, the lamp of the eye. Excuse me, the eye is the lamp of the body, and if your eye is healthy, <clears throat> your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light is, uh, excuse me, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? A little metaphor here to sort of unpack this a little bit further that again, light and dark can't coexist. Um, and so again, we see that again this this reality where where where's your focus what what are you what are you about <clears throat> then just in case you really don't get it uh verse 24 uh Jesus continues he says no one can serve two masters either they will hate the one and love the other or they will be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve god and money now again here's the parallels who are you devoted to who is the true focus where's the true reality Okay, so in that little beginning part, we could probably, actually probably could do a whole episode on just that, but uh, I want to get into 25. So just to sort of lay up the, uh, the, uh, the initial point here, you're in one of two camps. You're either focused on Christ or you're not. Either you're in the, the uh, light or you're in the darkness, or you're either serving Christ or you're not. So again, there's there's no other way. There's no walking, you know, this middle path uh, where you sort of play around with light. Sometimes you play around with darkness. Other times, that's just corruption. That's just deceit, uh, or excuse me, deception on your part. Um, you know, you go, oh, I really like this master. Sometimes, you know, there's no split custody, <laughs> basically. So um, <clears throat> there's that. Now. Let's get into what I really wanted to get into because I think this will sort of parallel more what I was talking about with how some people are really excited and some people are really anxious or worried um, about the new year. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is is not excuse me is not life more than food and the body more than clothing look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet their father their heavenly father feeds them are you not more valuable than they and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life and why are you anxious about clothing consider the lilies of the field how they grow they can neither toil nor spin yet i tell you even solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these but if, if but if god so clothes the grass of the field which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven will he not much more clothe you o you of little faith therefore do not be anxious saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. 
but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Okay, so <clears throat> do not be anxious, right? Do not even worry about it. He talks about lilies, talks about birds. What is this getting at? What is the root um, point here that is being made? The root point that is being made here is that there is a sovereign God who provides. Now we have to stop and pause here because I think it would be really easy to make a unfair uh, conclusion from this. We could say, okay, I've never seen a bird starve to death. So therefore, that means that God is going to always give someone an abundance of food. And yet, if we look at human history, we see that that's not the case. We even see Christians starve to death. So then we have to go, okay, so what then is the saying? If it's not saying that, what is it saying? Well... It's saying, don't worry. Don't stress. Notice birds don't. Notice lilies don't stress. There's that reality. But bigger beyond just even that, it shows that there is a plan and a purpose in everything that goes on. See, we can worry, we can stress, we can fret, we can scramble to try to make things happen. We can, we can uh, be constantly paranoid that the, the sky is falling and that we have to rush around to cross off everything off of our to-do list, cross every T, dot every I, make sure that we achieve quote-unquote perfection. We can do that. But Jesus asked questions, or asked the question, who, uh, who can even add a moment through life in that? You see what it's getting at. I mean, it's it's pointing to the reality that we're not in control. We don't have the power. We don't have the authority to dictate what tomorrow brings. We, and actually the end doesn't even say that we're guaranteed tomorrow. Sufficient for the day of, is, uh, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. T today's got enough problems. Today could be it. So when you start to put this all together, you can start to notice what's going on here. God is not calling us to make sure everything goes quote unquote perfectly. Obviously, we plan, we strategize, we consider. But behind that ultimately has to be the reality of surrender. I'm not in control. And we have to recognize that I can't make my life go the way I want it to. So as you enter into 2023, 
you might be that more optimistic person going, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take on this challenge. I'm going to do this thing. Wonderful. Make those plans. But no, if they don't go that way, it doesn't mean you necessarily failed or maybe you did fail, but that failure also is going to grow you, sanctify you, because again, God's brought it to you. Just like, well, I'm, he didn't use the analogy here, but I can't help whenever I read this thinking about birds watching their dim doing their thing. Um, as far as nature chan or nature nature documenters go, I find the predatory cats way more interesting, and how many times their hunts are unsuccessful, but yet they don't sulk. They go, oh, I didn't get that gazelle that time, right? I don't know how many um, Natural Geographic and those kind of things that you see where the cheetah's chasing, you know, the gazelle and it's zigzagging, it's trying to lose them, and it nearly gets them but doesn't, and it, you know, escapes. Well, cheetah doesn't fret about it. Oh, I'm never going to catch a, a gazelle. I'm just going to start. Like, no, it moves on. It goes, okay, well, didn't get that one. I'll get the next one. You know, there's no, there's no worry. There's no angst because it knows it doesn't control its destiny. Now, again, I'm obviously um, personifying these creatures a little bit. I don't think they quite have that depth of thought. But nevertheless, that sh needs to be m somewhat of our mentality. Yeah, we plan. Yeah, we think. We strategize. We do all these things. They're not necessarily inherently bad. But it's when then we strategize or plan or, or look to what it is that we then go, oh, no, man, what's what's my life? Right. For example, uh, it, it, my own personal life. Um, <clears throat> I um, can't remember what I've mentioned here or what I've written, but uh, I think I've been relatively honest um, about my past here and been open about it. But um, when I was 23, I was hired on to take on my first pastoral job. I was a youth pastor at a church I'd been saved in. It was a dream come true. Uh, I thought I had reached like, okay, great. This is great. God is setting me on this path to, to continue to, to grow me in pastoral ministry. It's going to be awesome. Well, two and a half years later, I was fired from that position. I thought I'd lost everything. I questioned so much. I spun into some depression, got back into some old sins. It was not a pretty time. Um, relatively, you know, some time went on, got over that, um, God opened the door for me to, to help out, um, and, and serve, um, at another church not that long ago. Um, but after serving over 10 years there or about 10 years there, I, I stepped down and, and left there too, which again, almost could have sent me down in that same kind of depression, but I paused and just went, well, I'm just going to trust God because I've seen things because again my plan was to <laughs> after I'd been there for a number of years I thought okay this is it this is going to be great this is the church I'm going to stay, stay in for a long period of time and then when that fell apart it's like man am I even supposed to be doing this am I even supposed to be teaching this and really questioning you know my calling and wondering whether or not I should continue to pursue ministry or not pursue ministry and again starting to worry about what life is supposed to be about 
but checked it much better than the first time I got uh, fired from a church. This one went a lot better as far as my my mindset went, because again, I understood this passage better. I'd grown, I'd been more mature, and I went, okay, God says to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you, or, in other words, say that seek Christ, his kingdom, and he'll provide what you need. So, ends up now teaching at the, the school I'm teaching at. I love it. It's going great. Uh, the new church I'm at, things are going wonderful. It's awesome. And I can go, thank you, Lord, for, again, even getting me to that point. Do I deserve any of that? No. But that's what God has opened up, and I'm grateful. And see, there's the kicker uh, to counteract anxiety or worry would be thankfulness. It doesn't necessarily directly say that here, but think about it. If you're constantly worried, that means you're not necessarily trusting or appreciating what you have before you because you're looking at what you don't have or what's gone wrong. That's the cause. That's what can spur on this worry and this anxiety. So the flip side would be, well, hey, look what I do have. God is good here. So that's good enough for me because that's what God clearly needs me to have right now. And I can be content in that, right? Is that not uh, the very heart of Paul's um, famous lines that gets terribly uh, misconstrued in uh, Philippians chapter uh, 4? Sorry, pulling it up because I forgot to earlier but Philippians chapter 4 right I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength right that very famous thing well let's back up a little bit I rejoice in the Lord the verse 10 uh, of chapter 4 of Philippians I rejoice in the Lord greatly now uh, at length you have received your concern for me uh, you were indeed concerned for me uh, but had no opportunity uh, not that I am speaking uh, being in need for I have this is the kicker for I have learned in whatever situation, I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. And in every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So yes, it's not about you know your personal goal list. It's about knowing that Sometimes there's seasons of surplus, abundance. Sometimes there's seasons of suffering and uh, need. And the, the secret is knowing that both are of God and God uses both to teach, to train, and to sanctify. And so just to be thankful for what it is we do have. Um, one of the, the most powerful stories that I, I've ever heard um, outside of Scripture that talks about this is a, um, a, a woman by the name of uh, Carrie Tenenboom who was imprisoned for faith and might be butchering the story a little bit, um, but she ends up getting, um, her and the, her cellmate end up getting fleas and she's challenged challenges their cellmate to, to pray and thank God for the fleas and the person she's with just 
can't bring herself to wrap her head around. Why would I be thankful for this? This is miserable. They're nagging us. They're biting us. It's terrible. Well, on the flip side, the guards left them alone because of their condition because they didn't want the fleas. And so they were able to study scripture more freely, pour into that more freely, write more uh, because the the prison guards uh, that were watching over them uh, were a little bit afraid of them. And so God used that um, to continue the work that they had been doing. So again, you, you stop and think about that and go, would I be thankful if I found myself in that predicament? You know, we think about all the things Paul went through. Again, another similar um, example, you know, the, his shipwrecks or his beatings or his imprisonments. He never once uh, complained, but instead uh, said, thank you, Lord, because things are happening there. And so again, <clears throat> if we go back to our Matthew passage in chapter 6, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you drink, or about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food, more and the body more than clothing, obviously. It is. Obviously, we know we live for something bigger, and I've done episodes on that about the gospel, about fellowship, about discipleship, about knowing God. And that is our inheritance to know Christ, to be with Him forever, to dwell with Him forever. And so this life might bring us disappointment. It might bring us hardship. It might bring us shortcoming. No, actually, maybe I'd say it will bring us those things because it's almost inevitable. Uh, actually, I believe Peter mentions, uh, I forget where it is, First Peter, maybe chapter 4, if I'm remembering right, Second Peter 4, I can't remember, but uh, you can look it up on your own. It says, uh, don't consider it strange when these tri uh, fiery trials come to you. Because again, um, it's not strange, it's actually the, the normative experience when we go through hardship because God is sanctifying us through the testing of our faith through the testing of these types of things. And so as we look at 2023, as we consider what's coming, some of you listening may have one of the greatest years of your life. You might, and it might be awesome and glorious and amazing. And God might bless you in ways that you could never even fathom. And some of you listening might get the exact opposite, where you're going to compare yourself to Job and go, God, what are you, what, what's going on? What is this? That's possible as well. But we have this passage to go back to, to consider. Do not be anxious about your life. But if God clothes the grass of the field, which alive today and then thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, 
O you a little faith, therefore do not be anxious, say what shall you eat, or what shall you drink, or what shall you wear, for the Gentiles seek after these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But verse 33 is the driving point. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. So what is our focus? Our focus is Christ. We pursue Christ. We wake up each morning going, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? How can I be focused in building your kingdom where I am? Whether that's in your home, at your workplace, wherever it may be, how are you doing that? What can you be doing there? That is the focus. Right? Lay up treasures in heaven. Seek heavenly things, as we read earlier in verse uh well, uh, verse 19, 20, 21. Serve the one master, the one Lord, not these other ones that distract. That is what we ought to do. That needs to be our focus going into this year and really um, every year and every day. So, anywho, hopefully... For those of you who are really excited, I checked that a little bit. and Okay, great, be excited, but are you focusing on what God wants? Or is this a self-desire, selfish desire even, potentially, right, of, of what you're going to want to achieve in 2023? And those that are wary, are, uh, wary or worried or anxious for this coming year, it's okay. God's got a plan in that, even if it's hardship and trial and difficulty. There is something God is going to do through that. Um, so, so, whether you need to be encouraged or um, corrected, I don't know. But hopefully this was able to sort of help you wrestle through that a little bit and consider that uh, today. So, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you next time. God bless.